0: Hey, welcome to episode 54 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and first up in this episode is going to be updates from around the league. Dan Lambert and Mark Savard have been added as the assistant head coaches for the Calgary Flames coaching staff, and the New York Rangers, after making Peter Laviolette their new head coach, have added Phil Housley as an assistant coach, Dan Muse, a former player, and Michael Pecca, a former player, as assistant coaches. The San Jose Sharks have added longtime beloved Player Patrick Marlowe as a player development coach as well. The Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets continue to experience a player exodus like never seen before. And more and more players, such as now Tyler Toffoli, as we've been talking about, has requested a trade out of there as well. And as well as many of their starting roster players, such as Lindholm, Backstrom, starting goaltender, they're looking to possibly trade and move out of there. So for two teams that didn't plan on a rebuild process, they might be heading in that direction because there is no alternative option for them. It will be really interesting to see after the dust settles, how many players actually come back, how many players that do come back actually have cost certainty, long-term contracts that actually want to play in those two cities because I don't know what everybody's got against, especially Calgary. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, are the winters cold in Calgary as well as Winnipeg? They are, but you kind of expect that living in that climate but they are two beautiful areas not sure what the sudden departure desire is out of those areas not sure if players don't like the owners don't like the general managers that wouldn't even be a problem in Calgary anymore as obviously we've talked about in the previous episodes Craig Conroy is the new GM they have a new coaching staff there so for all the players because if I recall correctly something like 25 out of almost 40 interviews that they did in Calgary were significant complaints regarding Daryl Sutter, he's gone. So I'm not sure why the continuation of the Tyler Toffoli's, Noah Hannafin's, and the other players are just like, nope, I want out. Nope, I don't want to resign. Nope, I don't want to be here long term. You're like, wow, that is just nuts, to say the least. In addition to the many crazy stories we've been talking about, how people want to see the Alexei Lafreniere's, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Carter Hart, Tyler Toffoli, all coming to Montreal, there was one this week that just almost took it in a whole new high direction for me. And that was, oh, we can bring back Max Pacioretty. No, we can And no, you don't need him unless, you know what? Why don't we just offer a new contract to PK Subban as well and get the whole group back together? All that locker room disruption and team dissension and chaos that almost completely destroyed the team and did to some degrees, it just wasn't a total loss. We can just bring it all back. That sounds like that'd be a lot of fun for a lot of people, because apparently that is on the wish list of a lot of people. They just want to bring back all this disruption, chaos, locker room issues, leadership issues, everything that the organization, probably under the last four years of Mark Bergevin, the former GM, and was just wrapped up and completed in the new management group when they took over, finally got rid of all that. And now everybody's like, oh, can we bring all those players back together? Why? Bye. Why does anybody want to do that? Does anybody think that Tyler Toffoli, there's not like four or five versions of him already in the weightings in Montreal? I mean, if you project out Raphael Harvey-Penard, yeah, he's a smaller player, but he was on pace for a 35-goal season roughly this year. You've got Philip Massar. You've got Sean Farrell. You've got Cole Caulfield. You've got Yurav Slavkowski. Yeah, I know. He was 18. He didn't amount to what people thought he should have as a first pick overall in a draft. The kid only played 39 games. Cut him some slack. Now, I agree with the Gord Millers, the Darren Dreggers of the world, the Aaron Wards. Several people said he should have been sent back to TPS Finland or played on the Czech team. I agree with that. If you could have given him top six minutes every game, then play him at the NHL level. I don't believe the AHL was the place for him to learn the game, the North American style. I know there'll be people that disagree with that. I certainly don't agree that there was any desire to send him down to the OHL, like that happened with Philip Massar, who ended up going to Peterborough of the OHL. But they either should have left him internationally, or they should have just given him a top six role, similar to like Pittsburgh and other franchises have done with their number one picks of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and the the case of Pittsburgh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl in the case of Edmonton, and just bit the bullet. But they also wanted to provide him a controlled environment. And they also probably put him with the best coach that could help him acclimate, learn the nuances of the game, and give advice like nobody else, which of course I'm talking about Martin St. Louis. So roll the dice. They chose to keep a local eye on him, have him in Montreal. That's why they did that. Unfortunately, the biggest disappointment to me is you got injured. That's the part that really was a bummer for me, but that was the case with the whole franchise the last 2 years straight, so that's certainly not like an unusual thing, which has led them to firing medical personnel this off-season, which Nobody could be surprised of. I know that there are some long-term people that got let go. That being said, something has to change with the medical situation on that team heading into next year. There is absolutely no way that they can have three years in a row of the every year consecutively. Hey, we broke our own record. That's great when you're talking about Stanley Cups. That's not great when you're talking about man games lost. So that's an enormous issue that has to be fixed this year as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing who they bring in for that and. undoubtedly i'm sure it will be one of if not one of the top three best in the medical profession to be able to figure out what's going on and it may not stop there it may be their whole nutritional staff as well but there definitely needs to be some changes there without question but let's steer this ship back to the roster at hand that's the important issue what i have a question for for a lot of people is how does tyler toffoli max patch or players like that that have been here before that apparently people have a lot of nostalgia for. So I'll also include PK Subin, although that rumor hasn't started yet. God help us if that does. How does that help the team? That's my big question. For some reason, there's an obsession with people. It's like, we need more veteran leadership. We need older players to mix in. No, you don't. Folks, the league has changed. I keep hearing people talk about in interviews and just driving this point home and they're all absolutely right about this. The game has changed. This is no longer a league where you're waiting for players to get the 27, 28, or older to be quote unquote in their prime on top of their game, playing the best game that they can. Those expectations have dropped to like twenty one to twenty three. And it has nothing to do with fairness before anybody goes, well that's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> Well, nobody ever said life was, so, you know, we'll move on from that real quick because that has no purpose. So that's the expectations in the league now. And that's why you have a lot of teams. Perfect example, Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Look at the age bracket of Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Nylander, and the exception there is Traveris. He's quote unquote, the older guy. But if you look at all those other players, they're right in the same age bracket. They're really close. That's what teams are doing. That's the new concept, the new team mold, the model of the team, if you will, to gather at least half a roster of a certain age. They'll play together for a long time and become your and everybody else is kind of filling. And I know some people are going to go, well, that's not necessarily right. It's the direction the game's going. The same thing. A lot of people still think you need a huge heavyweight team to be able to hand out the injuries rather than receiving them. Well, there's also another theory to that. And I'm going to talk about a whole different sport for this theory. And that's college football in the United States. There was a coach for the University of Miami by the name of Jimmy Johnson. His concept was also equally simple in the fact of if you couldn't catch it, you couldn't hit it. So that's what a lot of teams are going to in the National Hockey League. The speed at which the game is played now, the balance, everything about it is like it has not been previously, other than maybe a few exceptions. If you go back to those Montreal Canadian teams in the 70s, if you go back to those Montreal teams in the 50s and the 60s, they had an immense amount of team speed that they put together. It's one of the reasons they were so successful. Nobody could catch them. And if somebody was dumb enough to take a swing at them and incur penalties... Well, they'd score four or five goals in that period of time that the penalty was for, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it was, and they'd blow you out of the game. That's kind of what the entire league's doing now. So the older players that everybody thinks that Montreal needs, they're doing just fine. They are doing just fine. And I think Cole Caulfield in his press conference regarding his new contract said it best. Suzuki and I want to play together. We want to win together. We want to lead this team. We want to do something special here. We want to just play hockey and be Montreal Canadiens. And that's the way a lot of tandems are around the league that's what it's gone to well and of course it wouldn't be right if we didn't get through an entire episode without mentioning Pierre-Luc Dubois those rumors are just running rampant apparently the Los Angeles Kings have become by far the leading candidate to land him I said in episode 53 who knows maybe that's why Boston and Pittsburgh are moving players around on the ice and you know moving roster positions around maybe he'll end up in one of there. but again if Los Angeles is his eventual home best of luck to him him. but something that i mentioned early on in the 2022 2023 season for the people that are just absolutely obsessed and have to have pierre luc dubois on this team i mentioned back then if you're going to make a trade for him then the only trade i see is an even trade for both teams and both teams end up with something that they want pierre luc dubois would come to montreal montreal has their french player their big center over 200 pounds in the case of winnipeg nobody obviously apparently there like we talked about in episode 53 wants to stay there so if you were to move Josh Anderson to Winnipeg straight up. Because if you look at their statistical careers, they are very, very similar, very similar. Both players are 6'3", plus, both players are 200 pounds plus, and Josh Anderson gives Winnipeg something that Pierre-Luc Dubois obviously has set outright, along with his agent, Pat Persan, long-term stability. He has five years cost certainty remaining on his contract. So that's a huge appeal, I would think, to the Winnipeg Jets. So again, the reason I mention this is all these people that want to include all these prospects and draft picks and everything else, no. Winnipeg wants NHL-ready players, roster players, Josh Anderson meets both those criterias cost certainty would be an enormous advantage for Winnipeg Josh Anderson offers them that for five years at five and a half million dollars which is less by half a million dollars than they're already paying for a player they're not going to have much longer in Pierre-Luc Dubois. So anybody wants to make a trade of a roster player, that would be my offer. But again, I wouldn't even make that because Montreal, once again, unless he gets traded somewhere and signs a long-term contract with him, in a year can scoop him up in free agent for nothing. And you still, at that point, have Josh Anderson as a trade bargaining chip for more draft assets. But for the life of me, I can just not figure out why so many people are so willing to just mortgage the future of the Montreal Canadiens and trade away all their prospects that they have worked so hard to draft the last couple of years. And I know this is a painful topic for a lot of people, but that is both because of the former management team, because the 2020-2021 drafts that Mark Bergevin had are incredible. In addition to getting Cole Caulfield and Jason Struble in 2019, Jordan Harris in 2018, the entire seven rounds of the 2020 and 2021 drafts look like a complete hit. They look like every one of those players could possibly land on the Montreal roster. And again, I've said this in previous episodes, 2022's draft was outstanding. Looks like a complete seven-round solid draft again. So you've got all that talent coming. I wouldn't even give away, this is how much I wouldn't give away prospects for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I wouldn't even give away Jared Davidson and Lucas Candata. Lucas Candata played at Amherst in Hockey East and wasn't even a draft pick. He was a free agent signing, but is a... Very solid two-way, 6'2", 200-pound center team player. Jared Davidson just came off his second year in a row of a totally unexpected, phenomenal season in Seattle in the Western Hockey League, where he led the club again in goal scoring and has been a diamond in the rough and was a sixth-round pick in his draft. I wouldn't even give up those two guys. One for one for Pierre-Luc Dubois. So I'm really looking forward to buy the draft. The Pierre-Luc Dubois story is behind everybody. I'm looking forward to moving on to all the great draft picks that the Montreal Canadiens are going to get this year. I still say it's going to be one of the most trade-savvy drafts and trade-heavy drafts that there has been easily in probably the last two decades. And again, the salary cap didn't even move much, but there just seems to be a lot of trades that are aware of a lot of teams and roster moves that they need to make and are ready to do that. That wraps up episode 54. I'm your host, Steve and styles thanks again for tuning into the hockey free for all podcast we'll be back soon enjoy the draft